Well, friends, the last four days in the Canadian news cycle sound more like plot elements from a medieval story, not real life in 2022. The Queen has died, a new villain in blue vows to claim the throne in Canada, and the tyrant in red is still working to bring about Canada's undoing. Our weekend review will help you make sense of Canada's Game of Thrones. We also interview James Zeckfeld, co-founder of Canadian Theopolitans, and we discuss the goals of this ministry in Canada and how you're going to want to know what's going on with them. Finally, we interview Andrew Krapuschetz, founder and CEO of Red Balloon, a pro-freedom company that helps strengthen businesses and enables them to find great workers. We also have a special announcement regarding Red Balloon that will come later in today's show. It is September the 13th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is the Liberty Dispatch. Welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. Wherever you're listening or watching us from, we please ask you to share, like, subscribe, rate, review. It helps get our content out to more people like you, and it helps get a pro-freedom message on the airwaves in our great nation. We also want you to check us out, flfnetwork.com. We are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. You can also get us on the app at your Google Play or Apple App Stores. You can download that and get us on demand there. Be sure to go over to our website at Liberty Coalition canada.com you can check out all things liberty coalition over there at the bottom of the page you can sign up to our emailing list so you can stay in touch with us you can be cancel proof you can always get our content and then also be sure at the top of the page that you will donate to us because it helps us fight back against the lies that the mainstream legacy media is giving canadian citizens and helps build our institution up and as always please feel free to reach out to us at info at liberty coalition we have received some of the most encouraging messages we have ever received from you guys of late so we really appreciate you getting in contact with us keep it coming our weekend review is brought to you by Rocklink Investment Partners. And let's face it, friends, the economic prospects in our country appear rather bleak. With inflation at 40-year highs and a government that doesn't understand fiscal responsibility, who can you trust to protect your financial future? Give my friends over at Rocklink Investment Partners a call. These guys don't follow the crowd. They think independently, and they invest prudently to protect your wealth from those that seek to destroy it. Call them at 905-631-5462 or send them an email, info at rocklink.com. That's info at rocklink.com. And remember, link is spelled L-I-N-C. Well, Andrew, as you made mention, at the end of the week, there was some very, very important news that happened coming out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday here in Canada. So as always, let us get into the weekend review.
Well, Andrew, the biggest news coming out of the weekend uh, last week is the fact that Queen Elizabeth II has died at the age of 96. She passed away on Thursday, September 8th, 2022, after serving as the British monarch and subsequently the uh, Canadian head of state for some 70 years. A few moments ago, Buckingham Palace announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The palace has just issued uh, this statement. It says the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Within the past few minutes, Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. So this news obviously rocked the world, but I thought you could give some of your thoughts on the legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. Well, I think this represents a transition in Western culture. I mean, Queen Elizabeth was known and respected as one that carried herself with a measure of dignity and class, respectability, and the transition now into her son, who has a scandalous past with an ex-wife in Princess Diana and then marrying someone who was not of any royal descent. He also has some pretty shady ties with his brother and his brother's connection with Epstein and the plane to the island with the unmentionable things. There's also connections to the WEF. We know that recently Prince, now King Charles, has been very outspoken about the climate agenda and the 2030 and the 2050 goals. And so I think there's there's quite a line of distinction between Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles. I'll also say uh, it's good to note that historically kings who were named Charles were no friends of the church. The Charles I and Charles II Especially were fierce persecutors. <laughs> were fierce persecutors of the church. And there's a part of me that thinks if he indeed has connections to and is a part of this globalist agenda you know like like we've been looking at recently that he's really receiving messages from head office and he continues to push these things out then this might equal a little bit more of a a difficult time for the church under the reign of yet another charles so those are my brief mm -hmm. thoughts on on the matter yeah, and I think I think you 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 said it well when uh, you said some of the principles, some of the values that uh, Queen Elizabeth embodies, and I think it's true uh, from all accounts that I can understand. Is she she had a, a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ um, that she she would pray to him every night before going to bed. Um, I think that came out in her Christmas messages. She did embody a lot of values that a lot of people have talked about that are old-timey values. And I, I just want to read this quote from Brett McCracken. That's a part of an article that I'll link in the description below. But I think it's really apt. And he says, Queen Elizabeth II embodied dignity in class in an age of scandal, selfless duty in an age of expressive individualism, virtue and discipline in an age of unscrupulous moral decadence and unfortunately like you mentioned andrew that decadence sept, seeped into the the royal family as much as anybody yet she 
rose above that. Now, sadly, in her position, she did not use the influence that she had to stem the tide of the secularization and of all these trends within the the anglosphere like she could have and that i think speaks to something andrew that is a, a dangerous trend that has been a dangerous thing that has happened in the church and that's the fact that personal piety doesn't actually extend to every aspect of life that christ is just our own personal Lord and Savior, somehow we can just separate that off from the rest of our lives and our vocation. And I think uh, Queen Elizabeth is neither a villain nor a hero, as some have tried to portray her, but a fallen sinner who at times had this complicated history, as we all do. But I think a lesson that we need to take from it is, you know, she had a title of Lord Protector of the Church, and we're not fans of the monarchical episcopate. Um, the reformers tried to end that in England, but nevertheless, she failed in that duty. I, I don't think we can uh, mince words when it comes to, come to that. And she failed to apply that personal faith in Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in every area of her life. And that's the lesson I want to take away. Whether you're a janitor or a plumber who's a Christian, you need to make sure your faith is affecting every aspect of your life. And that goes for janitors, plumbers, or monarchs of nations. So we can be thankful for her service. She she definitely embodied some wonderful characteristics, but at the same time, she presided over you know, things like Bill C4, she gave royal assent to that, you know, uh, whether that's kind of more ceremonial, it's beside the point. She had the power and the authority to end a lot of a, the tyranny and the secularization that's happened in our nation and Britain as well. And she failed to do so. So that's a part of the, the complicated history there. So one world leader uh, dies, and then this leads into our second story, which is a new leader emerges for the Federal Conservative Party, or the Federal Party formerly known as the Conservative Party, or the <laughs> Federal Party that wears blue but's really red underneath party, and that is Pierre Polyevre on Saturday at the Conservative Party convention in Ottawa, crushed everyone else. And won mm. with about 68% of the votes on the first ballot cast. Yeah. That's more than two-thirds. In the end, it wasn't even close. Pierre Polyev is the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. In a room packed full of his supporters. Polyev reveling in his victory. The margin, enormous. Over 68% of votes cast in the first ballot. A second round, not necessary. Jean Charest, the expected centrist candidate, went taking home only 16% of ballots cast with no other candidate breaking the 10% mark. It is an enormous endorsement of Polyev, a man who is derided by some as too radical, too extreme to win a general election. But tonight that doesn't matter because in the end, he was simply too popular with Conservative Party membership, as you can hear right now. And so he is now the new leader of the Federal Conservative Party, and we don't have anything to say about that, do we, Matt? <laughs> Just really quick, um, obviously, 
Pierre's voting record, a uh, record on um, the sexual revolution, the culture of death as it pertains to abortion and infanticide is terrible. It's frankly awful. It's worst case scenario. Um, just as the, the queen signed off on Bill C-4, uh, Pierre went along with it uh, with equal jubilation. It was part of uh, the standing ovation that took place in in the, the, the house there. I think he is a better leader than Sheer and O'Toole. There's no doubt about it. He's a better politician, better speaker. I think um, he's not milk toast, uh, Andrew, and I think that'll go a long way in challenging the Trudeau regime. So if you want to see the Trudeau regime toppled at any cost, um, no matter what it be, I think uh, a guy like Pierre Polyev is far better situated to do that. And I suspect in a head-to-head -head race against Justin Trudeau that Pierre Polyev would win uh, that race. So Again, a mixed bag. We could be thankful that uh, he is a fiscal conservative, supposedly. He does have some good ideas on how to stem the, this wild-eyed, crazy rush into the fourth industrial revolution. Um, but I think he tends to be very much like a lot of conservatives in the past, in the past who run to the right to get the seat, to get the nomination, to get to the leadership, but then compromise in so many areas once they're in power. Yeah, I don't trust him. I don't trust him at all. I think that he's, uh, I think he's slithery. Uh, mm -hmm. We have an interview that we did with a political figure recently that will be airing next week. And so I'll save my full unvarnished <laughs> perspective of Pierre which you do give. Pauly Evra, which I do give, and to uh -huh. which this person agrees and nods, even mm -hmm. though they probably can't say so publicly as candidly as I did. But here, here's what I will say. He was silent on Bill C-4. He was silent for the first 18 months of the COVID lockdowns. He said nothing when my friends were being arrested. He said nothing when my friends were having their churches seized. He said nothing when my friends who were business owners had the restaurant shut down. The only time he spoke up is when he, as a very savvy, opportunistic politician, saw that there was blood in the water and understood that the leadership for the Conservative Party was up for grabs, saw that O'Toole was on the way out, and then he positioned himself as being the savior of conservatives in Canada. And so I don't trust him. I don't trust his voting record. I don't trust the way that he is an opportunistic politician. I also see in the history books conservative politicians that feign a conservatism or that make overtures to social conservatives, right? The Christian conservatives to get their vote. And then they totally abandoned them. That's what Stephen Harper did. That's what Doug Ford did. Doug Ford did all the, he said all the right things. And for the first number of months, he did govern fairly conservatively. I was pleased with the repealing of the sex ed curriculum. I was pleased with the reduction in taxes to combat the carbon tax. It was all good stuff. And then a little bit of pressure. And then he ripped off his blue superhero uniform and revealed a bright red leotard underneath. So I, I don't, I don't trust him. And I think that the conservatives, true conservatives, small C conservatives in Canada who hold to conservative values and principles and Christians can't look to him and say, oh, yeah, he's going to he's going to fix it. He's going to make it better. I think to, to, to work on an analogy that we've used before is that if Justin Trudeau and the liberals are driving this car pedal to the metal off a cliff, that Pierre Polyevra will probably drop it down to a lower gear 
He might wind a little bit here and there, might not be a direct route all the way, but it's still headed in the same direction because he denies the authority and lordship of Christ. He denies the truth of his word. He denies the value of human life and dignity, regardless of what he says, because of the things he's for. And so ultimately, he is not for the, the, the stuff that builds and has supported Western culture and civilization. And so he will be a part of its undoing. It might be a slower part, but it'll be a part of it nonetheless, even if he spends less money and even if he pulls back the digital ID. So those are, my, those are my so, thoughts on that. So our work doesn't end, right? As freedom-loving Canadian citizens, our work doesn't end. If foreseeably Polyev gets into office and Trudeau is gone, our work doesn't end. We need to hold politicians, no matter what jersey they're wearing, to account. And uh, that, that will be the same under a Polyev leadership or a Trudeau leadership um, just might look a little bit different. Finally, Andrew, a little bit of good news here coming out of Western University. We covered this story on a past episode, um, but it turns out they have now postponed their jab mandate until January 2023, uh, primarily apparently due to the fact that Health Canada has approved Moderna's bivalent vaccine targeting the Omicron-specific uh, variant, uh, although it happens to be the old one. So given that, um, they have pushed back their uh, mandate to get those boosts boosters uh, and to get vaccinations up to date for Western students to January 9th, 2023, which is the start of that uh, winter semester in university. So a little bit of good news, but it's only a temporary reprieve. They still have their anti-science mask mandates in place, and they're obviously still going to have um, a booster mandate in place as well despite the ineffectiveness of these boosters and the fact that this new omicron one wasn't even tested on human beings but just lab rats but nevertheless here we are it's 2022 and everybody's gone insane <laughs> so well, Andrew, I, any comment? I don't yeah i don't i don't buy the official story i think that the pushback that was received both from the students and from I think a, a growing voice in Canada was, was a part of the decision. I mean, nothing – we've seen in the last two and a half years that despite advancements and despite changes, nothing would affect their mandates. If they're going to make their mandate, you know, it's not going to be, oh, look, this new, this new bivalent booster is available. No, I, I think that there was a little bit of pressure. This is what we saw with the convoy as well. I think that some of the provinces removing – their mandates and the the changing of the guard in the Conservative Party leadership had a lot to do with what happened in Ottawa. And so I think the pushback has, has made them do this. Even though they've postponed it or delayed it to January, they still need to utterly disband their science department and their then their philosophy department and probably their history department and their English literature department as well because they don't understand reality and have no idea what's up or what's down. And so all they should have is math, but not even math. They shouldn't be university anymore. I think that all the money that goes toward them should go toward actually properly educating children and students and not indoctrinating them in Marxist factories. But it is a little, it is a spot of good news for the time being. But again, utterly unscientific. We know that after a month or two months of receiving 
the booster. We know that there's no difference in terms of transmission. And there's studies, we covered these studies coming out of the UK very recently that show that for people who get a third and fourth shot for the first little bit, actually, yeah, they have a higher probability of catching COVID and a more severe version of it. And so this is this is this is fairy tale land, right? This is the upside down world where it's it's oppositeville. That's what's going on here. And so instead of doing good science, they're doing junk science. But one way or another, they've 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 pushed it back. I don't know if that affects what students will do. I think students that refuse to get the booster are not gonna get the booster anyways. Maybe this is a way for them to secure more money, but you know, hopefully the pushback helped a little bit. Well, uh, that leads us, Andrew, into the back half of our episode today. And we actually have two wonderful interviews that we're able to do with two uh, different brothers um, for very different reasons. And we're excited to share with you different ministries and different um, business ventures done by Christians all addressing what's happening in our current um, culture wars. So let's get into the first of those interviews with Reverend James Zeckfeld. Well, we are very pleased to be joined by Pastor James Zeckfeld. Uh, Reverend Zeckfeld grew up in the Toronto, Ontario area. He got his undergraduate degree at New St. Andrews College after he studied at the Canadian Reformed Theological Seminary in Hamilton, Ontario. Together with his wife, Hannah, James has three children, two born and one on the way, praise God. James accepted a call to serve as a missionary to the southern Manitoba area, and in October 2017, he and his family moved to Niverville, Manitoba, a wonderful little community just outside Winnipeg, to begin their work. Reverend Zeckfeld, thank you so very much for joining us on the Liberty Dispatch. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we wanted to have you on the program today to talk specifically about a new ministry that you have started called Canadian Theopolitans. So let's start at the beginning and let's start by telling our listeners what the ministry is all about. And maybe you can explain what the heck a Theopolitan is. For... And do you guys serve yes, ice yeah. cream that's chocolate, vanilla, strawberry? Indeed. Is that, is that, a, is, that is your, is your logo that yes. ice cream? Or am I, am I missing something? Because he's an Italian, so he likes that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neapolitan. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no, yeah. The, uh, the idea basically comes from uh, what I would what I would call a desire for reformed Catholic renewal. I think one of the things that stands out in, 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 uh, in the history of, of the church in North America is that there's a division between kind of this liberal mushiness in the church that kind of allows for everything. Um, and you can see that in some of the like ecumenical movements of the past, and you can see that in the liberalism of the past that sought to bring everybody together on the lowest kind of common denominator. And on the other side, you have sectarianism, right? Uh, we're the true church. We're, uh, we, we've got the right way of thinking about things. And, uh, 
my desire here was to to have something that uh, was grounded in history, grounded in uh, in Reformed theology, which I believe is also Catholic theology, um, small c Catholic theology, uh, looking back to the past. Uh, so we so we have this tradition that we can bring out that that we can. Uh, um, search out through all of Christian history and uh and and that helps us in renewing ourselves and in beginning to have conversations with with one another on the basis of that of that uh of that work so that begins with an open bible we need to in in some sense set apart the past and begin uh, talking to each other with an open Bible, and and so that's really some of the fundamental uh, fundamental reasons behind starting this uh, this group. So, link to link to the fundamental reasons. What, mm-hmm. if you could, what would be some of the core beliefs, or maybe some of the the core foundational principles that undergird the ministry what are some of the again what are some of the guiding values and principles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that 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 determine how you operate not just who you are yeah for that one i would go to to our vision we're we're at once looking to theopolis institute which is another group in the us um that that uh bases their they describe it this way um, Bible, liturgy, culture. We use the Bible to inform our worship, and our worship transforms the culture. Um, I've added to that in Canadian Theopolitans four pillars, uh, history, unity, freedom, and order. History being the fact that we're, we're based on uh, a real historical figure, Jesus Christ, and we're looking back to history, seeking to understand it as best as possible in its own context in order to inform our own day. Uh, unity, um, we're using that to, to continue to uh, be like-minded in Christ. Uh, we can think, uh, one, of, one of the big passages always in my head for this is, um, is Philippians 2 the encouragement to be like-minded with Christ. Um, some of that is in, in the humility of Christ, but I think there's also um, an encouragement to, to work toward uh, intellectual like-mindedness as well. Um, and, and not necessarily just getting, ri- uh, um, uh, getting rid of all our, our beliefs right away, but a willingness to challenge those things um, in conversation with other other uh, other Christians, especially freedom, and this this connects, of course, this is the liberty dispatch. But I, one of the most important things in Scripture, and I think it's so easily forgotten in 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 uh, in the modern church, is Christ came to set us free. Now, that's first of all spiritual freedom. But that spiritual freedom does result in 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 political freedom. There's there's a desire in Paul that spiritual freedom match with political freedom. That's why he says to the slave, "Yes, if you're a slave, um, you're ultimately free in Christ, and that'll enable you to be a good slave, right? But if you have the opportunity for freedom, take it." 
right? Whereas he doesn't say that to the free man. He says, to the free man, he says, hey, stay a free man because God can use you more effectively in that way. But if you're a slave, right, God can still use you in surprising ways. Christ became like a slave for our sake, yet God also is moving towards something toward a greater freedom. And, and I think we see that in, in the history of uh, uh, Western civilization, especially. And then order was the last one. Order, yeah, just that once we have that freedom, uh, we have like those, those passages where Paul says, hey, submit to one another. Uh, wives submit to your your husbands. Uh, um, submit to authorities. Submit to um, uh, your parents, and so on and so forth. Absolutely, and I, I think yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting to to for me to see how a lot of what the Canadian theopolitans want to do in their ministry kind of mirrors a similarly what we want to do here at the LCC, where we're primarily taking it from maybe the political and the civic realm and then trying to found these conversations on news and analysis in that Bible, in that biblical world and life view. What you're trying to do is essentially start from the Bible from worship, from liturgy, and then move out to culture. So it, it, that we all both understand that all these things work together. So, James, a lot of Christians might say that the culture is just something that's out out there in the wilderness. Uh, maybe that's even part of the world system that's satanic, right? That's against Christianity. But why do you think it's necessary that Christians understand their role in culture and understand how the Bible and worship rightly understood actually plays a role in building and defining and growing culture? Well, if we think about the word culture itself, right, it's, uh, it's about what, what you're centered on. And um, uh, you see in the, in, in the word culture, the word cult, right? Cult the thing that were that were and and the cult we're we're going to define it in a neutral way um i'm going to define it in a neutral way the object or thing that your that your people are centered on so if we had a cult if if there's a canadian cult um it would either be you could say uh democracy could be part of the canadian cult the um a science is part of the canadian cult but the christian cult is centered on jesus christ right and so our worship is actually the first political challenge to the world because we're saying jesus is more important than science jesus is more important than um uh than uh, democracy, uh, all these other things that the world might value way more than us. Right. And we, I think we could say, it'd be fair to say a couple things. One, that G, the charge against Jesus was that of insurgency and, and, mm. and political revolt. This was the charge brought against him. And all he was doing was saying, the kingdom of God is at hand, right? That was his, these were the first words. He shows up on the scene. He's like, the time is fulfilled. That which God has promised long ago is now upon you. The kingdom of God is at hand. 
and his the, the 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 brunt of his ministry was revealing the nature of the kingdom of God and the implications of the kingdom of God and then ultimately dying to actualize the kingdom of God in real time and then they killed him for it and they said he was a political revolutionary likewise yeah. his apostles also had similar charges brought against them right they weren't persecuted for their christian beliefs as much as they were charged with being political revolutionaries that they were yes. about revolt and they were about upending the Roman cult and the Roman system. Yeah. And so you're right to say that it's unavoidable that the, 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 the claim that Christ is Lord is a political claim that cuts against the grain of the non-Christian culture always. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so James, um, how can people learn more about uh, the Canadian Theopolitans, more about the ministry, and possibly get involved? And if they were to get involved, what sort of things can they expect to find um, by getting involved in the Canadian Theopolitans? Well, we have our, uh, our website, www.canadiantheopolitans.ca. Um, you'll find... At this point, this is fairly new, so there's not a lot of material up there yet, and uh, most of it's from uh, from me at this point, and we're hoping to get more uh, more material up there over time. Um, we have two centers, I would say physical centers at this point. One would be um, uh, Never Ambassador Canadian Reformed Church in Neverville, and the other would be Langley Christ or Covenant Christ Covenant Church in Langley. Uh, Pastor Gary Vanderveed uh, is is my coworker in this, and the ministry is actually based in Langley. You guys have a conference coming up too, yes, don't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, another way is to come to the conference, which will be in those two locations. Actually, the other location will be in Aldergrove Canadian Reformed Church in Aldergrove, BC, um, and then also in Ambassador Church in Niverville. Um, and that will be on September 16 and 17, three speeches uh, on Friday, three speeches on Saturday. And that's another way to find out more, figure out who we are. We'll hopefully be live streaming as well. Um, so you can uh, look, look for that online. Um, we'll probably post it. We'll be posting a link on, uh, on the website as well. Well, given, given our kind of like-mindedness and given some of the similar goals and mission and, and you know, worldview underpinnings, I, I look forward to what you guys are doing and also how we can be working together to support one another. I mean, we are rare, unique voices, I would say, on the Canadian front of a thoroughly Christian worldview affecting culture and not just being relegated to the four walls of the church, a la what Big Eva would tell us we need to be doing. Um, and so where we find like-minded people that are, that, are, that are on mission together, 
we need to work together as best as we can. And I mean, it just so happens that Matt is in your neighborhood, so there's a convenience there as and, well. And we're friends, so that so there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah no, so. <laughs> Reverend Zachfold, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the program. We really appreciate it, and, and we we pray that God will bless uh, the ministry of Canadian the- Theopolitans, and that He'll also bless your ministry there in Niverville uh, with an ambassador CanRC as well. So, thanks for coming on the program, brother. Thank you. That was a great discussion with uh, Reverend James Zeckfeld. And again, I just want to highlight for everybody um, that they have a conference coming up this weekend. I will be there in person. Uh, but if you want to catch it online, you can also catch it online if you're not in um, the Niverville area or in, in British Columbia in, in Langley as well. There is a ability to, to catch it online. Um, so that's September 16th and 17th. That's the Friday, the 16th and the 17th of this upcoming week. So we would encourage you to check that out. The conference is on Canadian nationalism, and you can go to their website, canadiantheopolitans.ca slash events, and you can contact them to learn more about the uh, upcoming event as well. So we encourage you to do that as well. Well, Matt, we have a new sponsor here with Wee-hoo! the Liberty Dispatch, right? Liberty Coalition Canada has a new sponsor, and that is Red Balloon. You might think woke politics and medical tyranny have destroyed the Canadian workplace, but did you know that some companies are standing up and saying no? Over 2,000 companies have pledged to honor free speech and medical privacy at redballoon.work, and Red Balloon is coming to Canada. So, business owners, find top-tier, values-aligned talent and get help building an uncancelable pro-freedom workplace. Job seekers, find a courageous company that shares and protects your values. Go sign up today at redballoon.work slash LCC. Again, that's redballoon.work slash LCC. Absolutely. And, so and be sure we- to go 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 to uh, redballoon.work slash LCC because that lets them know that you're coming through us. And um, I, I guarantee you, Andrew, that our listeners and our viewers are definitely going to want to check out Red Balloon after seeing our interview with the CEO and founder of Red Balloon, Andrew Krapuschetz. Let's get into it. Well, we are pleased to have with us on the dispatch, Andrew Krapuschetz. He's the founder and CEO of Red Balloon, which was founded in 2021 as a solution to the ever-growing problem of government overreach and cancel culture invading the American and sadly now Canadian workplace. He's also launched the Freedom Academy on Red Balloon as a way to help companies build a healthy, productive workplace culture. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on the Liberty Dispatch this afternoon. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I love Canada. Uh, I love maple syrup, so I'm I'm fired up to be part of this. Well, I, I, I love both Canada and maple syrup, so I'm glad that we share that interest. Uh, so for our... Our audience that is unfamiliar with either yourself or with Red Balloon, 
tell us a little bit about Red Balloon. You know, in 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 the bio, there's a little bit about when it started and why more broadly. But yeah, what is Red Balloon? How did it begin? Why did it begin? Tell us about the genesis of Red Balloon. Yeah, I have to back up just a little bit to give you that story. Basically, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I did the dot com thing. Um, I then got tired of liberals and traffic. And so I moved up to beautiful Idaho. So I was an early adopter of getting out of the state of California and uh, came up here 22 years ago, looked around and realized there's no good jobs. And I came to join a church community, um, but there were really no good jobs if people wanted to support their families and really prosper because a job is a really interesting uh, feature in your life. It is your vocation. Um, It's a defining feature for a lot of people, right? Obviously, we um, we are defined by uh, how we are in Christ and by our family, but your vocation is really an interesting part of who you are. And so I thought, man, if God has given me skills and abilities, I should use those to bless other people. So I started creating businesses here in Moscow. I created a 3D printing business, a student information software business, um, some that failed, which we won't talk about. Um, and then one of the big ones is I teamed up with these two economists and started MZ, which is Economic Modeling Specialist International. We grew from the three employees of us to about 280 employees with an office in England. We had customers all over Canada um, and all over the world, really. And so we had grown into a massive SaaS company. Um, I never had a controlling interest, but we did end up selling that company four times. Yes, I am that guy who sells a bridge over and over again. Uh, So I sold that company four times over about 10 years, learned a ton from that, got some fun equity checks, but lost control of the company because when you sell it, guess what? Now they own it. And so about a year and a half ago, my board said, look, you're a little too conservative and Christian for our liking. Um, It's time for you to move on as CEO of this company, even though we were growing, making a ton of money. So I was fired for perception, not for performance. So Um, I found myself delightfully unemployed, and really it was this woke cancel culture that put me on the sidelines. And I thought, well, if I'm in a position where God has blessed us with the resources that I can shrug off losing my job, I bet there are a lot of people that aren't in that position. So what can I do to come alongside those individuals and provide a place where if they stand up at work, if they live their values out loud, they can find a new job? Um, They can continue to support their family. They can pay their mortgage. They can do the things that uh, people should be able to do um, if they aren't doing horrible sins and crimes. So um, I founded redballoon.work. It actually was supposed to be just a hobby job for me. It's called Red Balloon because if you've ever been on a hot air balloon, it's a little bit terrifying and a lot bit fun, kind of like looking for a new job. And in America, red is the conservative color. So red states... Uh, red businesses, red regions of blue states, and I realize we're a little backwards from the Canadian way of thinking about red and blue, um, but that's why it's red, because here red uh, means freedom, not liberals. So uh, red balloon, and then dot work, because dot com sounded too much like communist to me, um, and so I thought, I don't, we don't want to be communists. Like, there's plenty of those in the world. Let's not do that. So red balloon dot work, because work is actually deeply satisfying. There was work in the Garden of Eden before the fall, And so we should focus on getting work done. It's good for your soul to work hard. And so that's why it's redballoon.work. And we were just found as a job board, and the thesis was freedom. What if we had individuals who um, were allowed to just focus on doing their job and not on political activism um, and wokeness in the workplace? 
Um, and very, very quickly, we were on Fox News and some of these other outlets. I've now done 150 media interviews over the last nine months just talking about freedom in America because it is um, on the rocks, as it were. And so um, we grew from zero to well over 2,000 businesses and over a million job searches in less than a year. And we know that we've placed thousands of freedom-loving employees in jobs where they're allowed to be um, who they are. They're allowed to bring their whole self to work, as it were. Um, and it's been a very gratifying and exciting story. So maybe more of an answer than you were looking for. But there it is, um, like it or not. I love it. I love that the, you gave not only the full backstory of how you started, but some of those presuppositions that undergird the philosophy of Red Balloon. And I love that you talk about vocation yep. because the, the doctrine of vocation that came out of the Reformation literally turned the world upside down. And it, it is the, the basis for the, what's called the Protestant work ethic and that's led to so much affluence in, in our world. So I love that you're founded on those basic principles. And then you also talk about getting back to those principles to fight this this onslaught, this push, this avalanche of businesses and boards being forced into this woke ESG mentality. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that because you've been a casualty of this push. But how broadly yep. do we who are freedom-loving, conservative Christians fight back against this push um, into wokeness, into ESG metrics, and what is you know Red Balloon doing to help us in that area? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and again, I'm going to unfortunately answer your question again with, <laughs> well, we need a little bit of background. Why is there wokeness in the workplace, and where does this ESG camp come from anyway? Because you can't fight against something if you don't know what it is, right? If you're a general, you need to have reconnaissance to be aware of what you're fighting and where it came from, or else you're, um, you might be fighting the wrong battle. So um, to understand wokeness in the workplace and ESG, you actually need to go back to about 2008. Um, that's when the Occupy Wall Street was happening uh, in uh, the whole movement was happening in New York. You had lots of, we'll call it young millennials or uh, people who didn't really want to work that much. They were decrying the evils of the American corporation you had, um, or banks, right? They were, they were saying, man, these people are just making all the money. We're not making enough money. Um, and look, the whole movement was bad. But these big corporations kind of did take notice because it did have a significant PR hit on them. And so they said, what are we going to do about this? And so a lot of them looked around and said, hey, who is the uh, group of people who has the biggest microphone in our world today? And the answer was mainstream media. Okay, so mainstream media, the liberal media, they have the biggest microphone. They have the biggest opportunity or uh, ability to... Um, to change the mindset of Americans or people all around the world. And so these corporations said, look, if we can say the right things that will make the liberal media happy, then we can kind of do whatever we want. You look at Nike, who decries the evils of slavery and then uses borderline slave labor to make your tennis shoes in Asia, right? You look at uh, people like J.P. Morgan or any of these big banks. They talk about um, equity. They talk about... Um, their CRT, they talk about all of these 
fancy words that makes the liberal media happy, and then they can kind of just do whatever they want. There's this interesting book called Woke Inc. by Vivek Ramaswamy, basically talking about, and he shows a lot of the data on where did this come from. Uh, and that includes ESG. So ESG is really wokeness in the workplace. And they're like, well, let's try and put a scorecard on it. ESG, for those don't, who don't know, environmental social governance, right? It's are you a greenie? Are you socially responsible? And, and do you have the right governance for your corporation? This is all just a response to that Occupy Wall Street movement. And, and so you need to understand a lot of these corporations, they're still capitalists. They still want to make money, but they're trying to make people happy, and they think that this is how it's going to make people happy. So the answer of how do you push back against all of this, I think, comes um, makes it clear if you know where it comes from. They were trying to be the good guy, not the bad guy, and when Disney gets destroyed for pushing on um, transsexualism and homosexualism and all of the horrible things that Disney has been pushing for, well, guess what? They're now taking it in the, uh, in the teeth with their stock price, with their amusement parks, with all of those things, uh, because people are tired of having this woke worldview pushed down their throat. And so I think the answer is you just need to be faithful to where you are. You need to make good decisions about how you spend your money. If you're an employee, you need to understand that you are making your company more money than they are paying you. And if that's not the case, the company should probably fire you. So you're making more money for them than they're actually paying you. Um, I remember I was talking to a CEO who'd recently been fired because he tweeted about the Texas heartbeat bill supporting a, uh, the destruction of abortion in Texas. And he got fired. and He's like, man, how should I be thinking about this? I'm like, well, the way you should be thinking about this is you have been using your significant talents to make a company that hates life a ton of money. And so now you're being redeployed to use those talents, hopefully for a company that doesn't hate life, but that loves life. And so that's where conservatives just need to be more um, aware of where they're spending their money, who they're using their labor to bless. Um, and I think if more of us do that, you know, I've got a good friend who started Public Square, um, which is really um, an, uh, an organization that tells you where you can spend your money uh, with um, companies that don't hate um, life who uh, don't allow for masks or vaccines. Uh, they do all kinds of good stuff, right? Uh, and he's like, just think about if 5 million conservatives one day decided, you know what, I'm tired of supporting Starbucks because Starbucks hates our way of life. That's a great way to get Starbucks attention, right? So I just think conservatives need to be more intentional. We tend to be the group of people that just want to kind of keep our heads down. We have an enormously high pain tolerance. We can walk with a rock in our shoe longer than anybody else. Um, and it's time for us to make better decisions about who we're working for and where we're spending our money. And the truth is all these woke businesses on the left are actually okay with their own disintegration. And we, so yep. it's, it's not as if they're like, we shouldn't expect them to then turn around and say, oh, well, maybe I should smarten up. Like A&E was willing to let go of Duck Dynasty. NBC was willing to let go of Last Man Standing. They're going to take the hits and we shouldn't expect that they're going to turn around. So we should kind of joyfully wave as they burn to the ground, which is what's <laughs> happening, and not throw them a lifeboat and not kind of, oh, the loving your neighbor. No, 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 no. Let them let them burn down and we'll we'll kind of yep. sing as we establish our own parallel culture and our own parallel economy and not expect that they're gonna turn around. Because they probably won't. And that's fine. Let them uh yep. let them dissolve. And then we have we have companies like Red Balloon 
that, that, that come into existence and say, well, we're going to thrive where they're failing, right? Where they, where they, where they are failing, where they are doing everything wrong. We're going to do everything right. And we're going to thrive and we'll pick up that portion of the market that was so quick to pull away from these woke companies. And so that, that makes, makes one ask the question, then what's the, what's, what's the future for Red Balloon? What do you see in the future for the company, you know, in the next six months, five years, 10 years, how do you want to continue to engage with the culture and obey Christ in the sphere of business and economics? I mean, and again, share what you can, if there's stuff that's still being sorted out in the boardrooms, that's, yeah. that's fine. But even, even so a little, just a little taste of, of what we can see you doing in the culture in, in America and in North America in the next little bit. Yeah. Um, great question. Um, Indeed.com, which is the biggest job board in the world, um, told C12, which is a Christian CEO organization, that they were not allowed to post jobs on Indeed because they were a religiously discriminating group um, because they actually had an identity as a Christian CEO group. Like this is a group with thousands of CEOs all over America. Uh, they were looking to hire and Indeed said, you know, that's just not the type of organization we want to have on our website, right? So, um, so I guess the first response is we are the place where you can find conservative jobs, where you can find conservative job seekers um, who are just willing to work. And we want to continue to grow that movement. We're adding new employers every single day. We're adding new job seekers every single day. Um, but we also want to do more than just be a job board. So Indeed has focused on a job board because that's their jam. But the reality is that I want to redeem the world of work. Um, work should be a good and a satisfying thing. Um, and for most HR, uh, for most conservatives, if I say the two letters H and R together, they get kind of a weird twitch and start running for the hills. It's kind of funny to watch. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, you run it, run a little experiment, go find a couple conservatives, just say HR and watch them panic. Um, but I think that HR, even though it has been the epicenter of the woke cancer in many corporations, um, people are the most important asset of any company. And we know that great company culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I love eating breakfast. Back to maple syrup. Um, so um, uh, we want to help companies build great cultures, not just build great teams. And obviously, that's what we're doing. We're helping connect uh, freedom-loving job seekers with freedom-loving jobs. But we also want to uh, help companies build great teams. If you go on Google or DuckDuckGo or any of those search engines and look for um, an employee manual or a hiring letter or advice on how to build company culture, you're going to find some horrible, horrible, woke HR uh, materials and content. And the reality is that's, um, that's falling into their trap. Don't, don't use that stuff. I actually was talking to one of our Red Balloon companies who is actually just a coffee shop. And I said, hey, can I see your employee manual? They showed it to me, and I said, this is horrible. And, and she said, well, I know, but I stole it from, um, from Dutch Brothers, and I think they stole it from Starbucks. I'm like, okay, well, this is bad. We need people who actually are thinking through um, their HR documents and how they build their team and how they build their culture. And so that's part of the reason that we launched this Freedom Academy. Um, it's a bunch of guides from lawyers and HR people who are distinctly Christian and conservative and thinking through what's the right way to lead people, what's the right way to bless people. Uh, the last company I ran, we had three kind of major values we focused on. Bless the customer. We always want the customer to be first in our line of people that we are blessing. We want them to be better able to do their job 
because they talk to us, even if they don't buy anything. The next one is to bless the employees. We want every employee to be a better person because they worked um, at your company. And I think when employers start to think like that, they're going to have employees that are happier, that want to stay around, that want to work really hard, are thinking like an owner. And so in this Freedom Academy, we have things like, um, what's the connection between authority and responsibility? If you want to have a bunch of authority, you want to have that job title that has the authority associated with it, you need to start by taking responsibility because that's how God built the world. So we have a lot of content for employers on how to think about building your culture and a winning culture that wins in the marketplace because we are Christians and we know that if we follow uh, Proverbs, we will win in the marketplace because that's how God built the world because God designed commerce. He designed all of these things and show if we can be wise, if we can follow what the Bible says, we'll actually do well in business. And I've done well in business for many, many years. So that's what we're doing today. Where we're going with all of this, part of it is we just want to scale. When I hear from employers here down in the States and they look, every person I hire in redballoon.work is cleansing to my culture because I now have a higher percentage of just hardworking conservatives who don't feel like they need to be a snowflake in the HR department whining about everything, but they're just focused on bringing value to the company and to our customers. It is actually cleansing to our culture. So we want to continue to connect people. We do want employers to have the resources to be able to train new managers and to lead their team well. Um, and then we're starting to do some more things about self-sovereign uh, uh, job seeker profiles so that you aren't searchable, you are, your data is protected and not sold, but you are able to um, describe yourself well to a potential employer. Um, we are going to continue to add a ton of content to the Freedom Academy and many, many more things. All of them are top secret, and I'd have to shoot you later, which is hard on a podcast because I don't know who's listening. <laughs> Man, I am so thankful for, for what you guys are doing over there. Part of our the reason we want to have you on, not just for the the, the anecdotes that you're, you're slinging, but also to to announce a partnership that we are launching with Red Balloon here uh, on the Liberty Coalition Canada to to you know you talk about scaling Red Balloon and part of that is breaking into new marketplaces and we want to help bring what Red Balloon's doing north of the 49th parallel into Canada um, so <laughs> you've partnered with uh, the LCC, what are some of the reasons that you want to partner with an organization like us? And also, what can Canadians expect? If they go over to Red Balloon, why should businesses sign up? Why should prospective employees sign up? We've had a lot of people who have come on our program who are hardworking individuals who've been fired from their jobs after years and years and years of dedicated service um, because they wouldn't get the experimental um, gene therapy. So I'm sure there's a lot of interested people in Canada that want to get involved with Red Balloon. So tell our listeners how they can get more of what you're doing, how they can get signed up with the Freedom Academy, how employers can get involved. We want people to know how they can get in touch with Red Balloon. Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, I guess the, the main reason we wanted to build the partnership is if I find someone with another great name like Andrew, um, I'm going to build a partnership. Um, and while I have a little bit of hair envy when it comes to Andrew, 
Um, we, uh, <laughs> we top and full, uh, yeah, above the full, and below. The full, the full, the full whole, situation. Yeah, the full it's the situation. Whole thing. The lot, eyebrows too. The eyebrows of, are really a lot of hair and yeah. be going on there. So um, that's okay. part of it. I want to be like Andrew when I grow up. Um, but no, but seriously, um, I think it is so awesome what the Liberty Coalition Canada is doing. LCC is um, an example of what I'd love to see in many countries around the world where people say, look, enough of this tyranny. I want to get back to the freedom that allows us to live a prosperous life. I want to have the information necessary because, look, a lot of the information we're getting out of the, whether it's the media or the government, um, it's lies. It's just flat out lies. And so I think we have an opportunity to work together to make sure that people are informed, they have a, uh, they can find companies that are free, uh, and that they can uh, live their lives and just be prosperous for crying out loud. Um, it doesn't seem like it should be that complicated. As I've told a lot of people, I wish Red Balloon wasn't so successful in the U.S. Um, it's only successful because freedom is novel, um, and that seems like a bad thing. But here we are. I think there's plenty of things to push back on, so we're going to uh, forge away and work together. The reason for Canada is we've had a lot of people reach out to us and say, hey, we would love, um, we're up in Canada and we need freedom too. It's not just in the U.S. Um, and there are only so many hours in a day and I can't do all the things. So we needed to have a partner who was respected, who was trusted, um, and who had the reach and the time and the energy to uh, break into Canada. And really, I think we have two employers up there right now. Um, and we hope to have many, many more. If you're an employer in Canada, um, to join Red Balloon, you just need to agree that you are going to respect the freedom of your employees and you're not going to require a vaccine uh, for them to get their job. The reality is that we believe that people should have a conversation with their doctor and not their HR department about what they put in their body. That seems kind of novel. Um, in fact, it is very novel in today's world. But um, you need to do that and then just agree that you're not going to bring wokeness to the workplace and you're going to allow people to uh, work hard um, and not jam a woke worldview down their throat. All you need to do is agree to those things. And if you're a job seeker, we have a pledge for you as well. You are pledging to just work hard and not be a whiner because employers don't want to hire whiners. So we have a pledge on both sides to join this. Uh, the structure is really, really straightforward. You can, as an employer, post one job for free, and, um, and then job seekers can go in there and get the information they need, apply for your job. It's magical. Uh, but what we would encourage employers to look at is our $200 a month package, we'll call it, which includes the job postings you need. You can have as many as you need. Um, you also get access to this Freedom Academy. So you get all those guides, videos, and content that is going to help you lead your business better. Um, and so we think that that's the right package. This is below market pricing. Um, and what's exciting is if you believe in LCC and what Liberty Coalition Canada is doing, um, when you buy that $200 a month package, you're helping to support them and you're helping to support Red Balloon and Freedom. The other thing you're doing is you're giving courage to the job seekers in Canada because when you feel like, you know what, I need to support my family. I can't actually stand up at work or live my values out loud because if I do, I'm going to cost me my job and then I am you know, worse than an infidel. I am not uh, supporting my family and paying for um, our mortgage or food or shoes for my kids, and so I can't live my values. But when they know that Red Balloon's out there and there are companies looking for great talent, you're giving them courage. They now know that they can stand up at work, they can live their values out loud, and if it costs them their job, 
that you as an employer have their back and are going to hire them. And these are the best kind of employees. These are the employees you really want at your company. And then if you're an employee out there and you want to see more companies with job postings on here, we'd encourage you tell everyone about it. We want you to be involved in Red Balloon. We now have a, a worker profile that I mentioned earlier. It's a self-sovereign worker profile. You put in all your information. You can share it with who you want to and only them. You're not searchable. Um, you're not going to have the government tracking you down and doing horrible things to you. The goal is, um, and all the servers are in the U.S., so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but we want people to have freedom again, freedom to go and find a job where they can uh, work hard, bring value, and have fun. So if we can do that in Canada in conjunction with LCC, and we uh, and you're going to support uh, Liberty Coalition Canada in the process, it feels like a win, 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 maybe another win. I don't know. Um, it's going to be good for all of us. So um, that's what we want. We want to get back to freedom in uh, Canada. So in summary, if I can just land the plane for our audience, if you are a business owner, you are an entrepreneur, you're a CEO, you are an employer, you need to go to redballoon.work. You need to find ways that you can strengthen your workplace, make it anti-fragile, cancel-proof, where you can build the sort of workplace environment that is hardworking, that has integrity, and that isn't going to be overrun by the woke monster. And then you need to post jobs so you can look to hire those same people as well. That'll be hardworking people that won't be snowflakes and that won't be about making sure that you as a, as a company are meeting our ESG goals. And then if you're someone who's looking for work, someone who's been fired or let go because you hold to your conscience, because you won't give in to wokeism, because your HR department determined you're not as much of an ally as you should be, then you need to go to redballoon.work and you need to look for job postings as well. Or if you're someone who's currently at a workplace thinking, I'm really worried. I'm worried that with the next turn in HR development, with the next employee agreement that's coming out, that they're going to be forcing me to say I need to sign off on this thing or that thing or this LGBT thing or that vax mandate thing and you want to get ahead of it, then also go to redballoon.work. Uh, Andrew, it was, it was really great meeting you when I was in Idaho a few weeks ago. It was great to connect with you, obviously, here at the Liberty Coalition and just among pastors and friends more broadly in Canada, whenever we can find allies who not only hold the same values of freedom and liberty, but even more important, who approach things from a biblical worldview and who are willing to link arms to support one another, to not just make money, which is good, and not just have strong workplaces, which, which is good, but also to advance the kingdom of God, to press into the culture, to bring all things under Christ's lordship. And like you said, God has designed the world to work a certain way. And so we want to tell everyone, Christian and non-Christian, it's always better for you to line up your life with God's design and to not rail against the way he's made things. And it'll always lead to prosperity and blessing um, and, and joy and fruitfulness. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on the Liberty Dispatch. I look forward to continued connection and relationship with you and with the other guys at Red Balloon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Matt, I'm really glad that that Andrew and the guys over at Red Balloon are partnering with us and working with us. When I was in Idaho, Absolutely. I was able to meet with them in person and meet with the guys that I corresponded with over email. And they are, I mean, they're blowing up. They had a little tiny office. When I went there, it looked like a <laughs> LAN party. It looked like a bunch of guys playing World of Warcraft on computers. <laughs> 
they've grown so much. I saw the new office space that they're renovating. It looks fantastic. I'm very excited for them. I know that they have helped countless people find both good employees who aren't woke and find good places to work that value the freedom of the employees. And there's nothing like them in Canada. I mean, they are a solid Christian freedom version of Monster and Jobzilla. And so we want to help them blow the mm-hmm. doors off of the Canadian job market. And we want to help Canadians find good employees and good employers that are about freedom, that are about good biblical principles. And so we we mm-hmm. we are overjoyed that we get to support them and work with them. And I mean, that was a great interview as well with yeah, Andrew absolutely. hearing his story. I, I can't think of anything more subversive to our current statist Marxist culture than hardworking individuals setting their hands to the plow according to principles of a good work ethic, uh, you know, conscientious, being conscientious about, um, you know, just imbibing virtue in all aspects of life including the workspace and i think andrew just shows what they're doing at red balloon is so needed and i hope that we can help red balloon and what they're doing grow in canada so really again people we would suggest that you go over to red balloon dot work slash lcc that lets them know that you're coming through us so we can grow this alternative economy in canada this freedom loving economy in canada and it is freedom that is the most important foundation to economics so if we have businesses and workers involved in something like red balloon we are going to be able to influence culture in a way that we have never seen before so this is a very, very important initiative and very, very important thing that you can get involved in. So go over to redballoon.org slash LCC today. Andrew, that brings us to the end of our program. We really hope you enjoyed some of the different perspectives and we hope you would tune in next time. And as we say at the end of every program, Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.